Coaches, this episode will conclude Season 2 of the Mesh Point Podcast. Tony and I hope you've enjoyed it. want to thank our sponsors, GameStrat and Just Play Solutions. If you haven't had a chance to check those guys out, please do so before the season gets rolling. We're going to be back in September with Season 3, uh, helping you guys get through your seasons with a little option football. Uh, we want to wish everybody a, a, a happy summer. And uh, we wish you the best on your season. Best of luck. Uh, take care. Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Uh, tonight we have Coach Seberg. He's the head football coach at Cary Grove High School out in Illinois. Coach, how you doing tonight? Doing great. How are you doing? Well, we're doing good. Doing good. We're in the middle of the off season. Well, for us, we don't get spring ball in Virginia, unfortunately. So we're we're pounding the weights and uh, trying to keep the kids going in the classroom. So I'm sure you understand how that goes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> We're well, about coach, two weeks out. We're about two weeks out from our uh, spring yeah, ball, and then we'll get it going. You get spring ball. That's a good thing. Yeah, we get about 20 days, and then we shut it down yeah. for the for the year. Well, Coach, hey, why don't we hop in here and, you know, tell us, you know, about how you got to Cary Grove, how long you've been there, and maybe, like, uh, you know, the, the journey to get where you're at. Okay. Um, so – so I've, um, I've been at Cary Grove for 18 years. And, uh, before that, uh, I, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, uh, Marengo high school, uh, did football there, uh, basketball and baseball. Um, and then I went to, um, I went to the university of Missouri, uh, really cause I didn't, I didn't think, uh, I wanted to play football anymore. And I, uh, I had a real great experience in high school and, uh, and thought I was done. And uh, so my freshman year in college, I, I pretty much took the year off. I, I, that's the only year I've been out of football probably since I've been in sixth grade. And um, really realized that I loved the sport, wanted to still be a part of it and still wanted to play. Uh, so I, I was a manager on the, for the University of Missouri's football team um, my second year down there. And I worked in uh, – that was in 1997 – and I worked uh, for um, a coach named Larry Smith, who was a coach at, uh, at Mizzou. And uh, I was actually part of a, uh, the first time Mizzou was in a bowl, in a, uh, bowl game in a long time. Um, and uh, I, was on the, I was on the sidelines in the, in the game where um, uh, Nebraska and, and Mizzou had, a, had that game where the, where the guy from Nebraska kicked the ball up in the air. And uh, so I was at the practices. I did a ton of observing. And really, really loved that experience, but I still wanted to play. So I transferred uh, to a school out in Iowa, a small school, Loris College. And uh, I played football out there uh, for three years. 
and I had a great experience out there. And, um, and then after that, uh, I was looking for a job and um, I was able to land at Cary Grove and that was in 2001. And I've been there ever since. Um, when, I, when I first started there, um, I, I didn't have a job. I was a volunteer on the staff and I was able to do a, a, you know, just a lot of learning. And, and you know, when, you, when you play in college, even in, when you play in high school, you, you think you know the game. <laughs> And then you get into coaching and you realize you got a lot to learn. It is so different being a coach versus it is as it is being a player. And so um, being a coach really made me appreciate what my coaches had done when I was in college and when I was in high school. And um, so I was on the staff there uh, for 10 years. Um, I coached with, uh, with Bruce Kay, who's, um, uh, the, the, who's the head coach there. And um, in 2010, he retired from teaching and coaching, and then I was promoted to head coach in 2011, and then I've been the head coach there ever since. Um, and so my journey, uh, having listened to your podcast, which, which I thoroughly enjoy, it's been, it's been really cool listening to some of the guys you've had, and uh, it's, just, it's just a cool, cool thing. Um, I know my journey may be a little <clears throat> more more straightforward and, and, and with not as many curves in the road as some of the other coaches you've had on here. But, um, but I, I've had no reason to leave Cary Grove. It's been outstanding. And um, we, we've got great people, great coaches, and we've had a lot of success too. Well, I, Coach, I think loyalty goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think so. And, you know, if you're happy um, and, you, and you got good people that you're around and, you know, you're, no one's ever going to win the state championship every year. Uh, some, some, it never happens, you know, but, uh, but if you've got good people and, and, you, and you coach with guys you like and, and you're around good players and good parents and good administration, um, that, goes, that goes a long way. Well, well, maybe talk about, you know, because <clears throat> as a new head coach, you know, earlier in your career and, you know, you've worked your way up through it, you know, volunteering, working through, doing all the breaking and the jobs and the laundry. So you, you know how it goes. But when you became a head coach, you know, maybe who are some guys that, boy, when you had to make a tough decision or, you know, you weren't exactly sure what direction to go, who, who were some guys that maybe you picked up the phone and called, you know, leaned on, talked to, you know, to kind of get you over the hump? Well, um, I didn't have to go very far. Um, I had, um, I had a lot of good guys on my staff. Uh, I still do. And uh, I was able to really lean on those guys. Um, we've had, we've got a staff that's been intact for a long time. Um, but, but, but definitely the guy who, who I talk to, um, still do talk to him a lot is Bruce, Bruce K. Uh, Bruce was our coach here, uh, for 20 years. Um, Hall of Fame coach in Illinois, um, really put Cary Grove on the map. Uh, won a state championship in 2009, um, was a part of some really successful teams and really built the program. And so when I took over, uh, our program had, had reached some pretty high levels. And um, I didn't really see any reason not to talk to the guy that started it. So um, he's definitely a guy who, um, who I lean on a lot. Still, um, I'm not as much as I did early on but I still lean on him today. Um, 
and I think, uh, you know, honestly, I, I think I lean on my family quite a bit. Um, a lot of the things that, a lot of the decisions that I make as a head coach um, are, are, uh, are, are kind of management position, management decisions. And so um, uh, members of my family, particularly my brothers, own their own businesses. And so I lean on them when I have to make tough decisions and when we have to, uh, there's a lot of parallel to what we're doing as head coaches uh, and running and running an organization. So I would say those guys are, were, were uh, probably the ones that I talked to the most. And coach, when did you uh, know you wanted to be a head coach? Well, I kind of went on a, I went on a um, uh, kind of a roller coaster ride because I, uh, you know, that, that time that I spent at Mizzou, um, you know, I watched it and, and I, and I liked it a lot. And then I, um, uh, when, as a player at Morris, I really, uh, I really, um, I, you know, it was still building. And when I went to Cary Grove my first year, um, that was the thing that I told, I told him, I said, I want to be a head coach. And um, the closer I became to the head coach, the less I wanted to be a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> because I saw the time, you know, I saw the time commitment and I saw the, the 24 seven, 365 day uh, a year job. And, um, and I knew what I was getting into. And so um, at, at, towards the end of my tenure as an assistant coach, I, I had kind of emerged as our offensive coordinator. And I was really content doing that. I was said, hey, I could, I could be an offensive coordinator for a coach and uh, be happy. Um, and, and, and then somebody mentioned something to me and said, what if the head coach doesn't want to run flexbone? And that was when I had a decision. I was like, I would not want that. <laughs> so, so, um, so then we, then I, uh, that, that was when I wanted to become a head coach again. But, you know, for a long time, uh, I was young, I, you know, I had young, I was, I had a, a young family. I've got four kids and, you know, it, you know, as head coaches and, and, and not only just head coaches, but just coaches in general, you know, the time commitment involved in, in running the program and running that, that operation. And so it, it kind of turned me off for a while, but uh, once I took it over, I was all in, I, I, I was working um, as hard as I ever have. And um, you know, and I'm, and I'm still here. So, yeah. That's awesome. Coach, uh, speaking of the flex bone, <clears throat> Can you kind of give us a history? Was, was that something that has always been at Cary Grove, or did you bring it? And uh, why, why do you choose to use the flex phone? And, and, and who do you model it after? Okay. So we, we've been running the flex phone since 04. Um, we've been uh, – before that, we were, we were kind of a wing T uh, flex phone hybrid offense. Ran a lot of belly – ran a lot of midline, um, and had success. Um, you know, we, we went to the semifinals, um, had a lot of, uh, quarterfinal appearances, had some playoff appearances. Um, but in 2004, uh, we went to, uh, to an offense that was, um, we're a split and a tight side team. Um, so our, our uh, we have split plays and tight side plays and we were running triple, um, true triple with pitch phase to our split side, and we were running uh, triple option double dive to our tight side. 
and we always had a tight end. And um, we were uh, we had a really good year in 2004. Uh, we were uh, we were 13 and one. We lost to uh, we lost in the 7A uh, state championship game, um, and advanced further than we ever has have had as a program. However, in our semifinal game and in our state final game, our our, uh, our deficiencies were exposed, and we could not get the ball out in the pitch phase like we needed to because we spent a lot of time running double dive at, uh, to the tight side and then triple to the, to the split side. So uh, Bruce and I that year, we went out to Navy, and that was, that, you know, that was early on in Paul Johnson's career. Uh, you know, you guys would know this better than me. Um, it was so early that when we went to, to Navy and we, uh, we got there, um, uh, I, I, one of the Munkins was the, the running back coach at the time. Yeah, uh, the head coach at Army, yeah. Yeah, okay. Their, their whole family is from up here in Illinois, so I, 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 get, the, I get the Munkins uh, uh, mixed up. But um, so he was the guy that we, we talked to. But um, before we met with him, um, a guy walks into the, to the uh, receptionist area at, uh, at Navy and um, Bruce and I didn't even know it was Paul Johnson. We, we didn't even know who the guy was at the time. You know what I mean? It was so early on, and, and he had not been the household name that he is now. Uh, but 2005, we went out to Navy and really investigated running true triple both ways. And it was that year that we, we went to running it, and uh, we've been running that ever since. Um, since I've taken over, our offense has, uh, you know, is running very similar to what it was prior to that. But um, we, I would say we're, if it's possible, I would say we're a hybrid of, of Army and Navy. And, uh, and I say that because um, Army's been running more uh, belly lately and, uh, and kind of getting into some tight end sets. Um, and we run with a true tight end. But we also get the ball out in the pitch phase like Navy likes to do. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I don't see Army do that as much um, as they run, say, you know, zone option with the quarterback and, and uh, you know, and, and, uh, and belly. So we're, I would say that's, that's kind of how we look at it. Yeah, you were mentioning Citadel, too, a little bit there in Dallas. You spent some time with them. Those guys have been good to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, those guys are um, – it's really kind of a funny story how we met. Um, we went to a clinic out in Ohio um, when, uh, when Troy Everhart was coaching out there, and he hosted a clinic that he had these coaches from this school called Lenore Rhine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we went and we stayed at Troy's house, and um, Ron and Lou and Brent were all there. And um, we met each other, and we spent probably till two or three in the morning just talking, you know. And, and it was the first time we had met, and it was great. And um, they talked at the clinic the next day, um, and it was a great clinic. And then, um, and then we've, you know, continued to stay in touch over the years. And um, so, and I've been out there three times, and uh, maybe four, um, and uh, I've developed a, a good relationship with those guys. And um, that they, they do as good as anybody, no doubt about it. Yeah. 
Well, Coach, you want to stay championship, man. <laughs> talk, talk about uh, talk about what that was like, you know, for your family and your coaching staff and your players and the fans. Talk, talk about it. Um, we had uh, we've come close uh, really since since 2014. Um, in 2014, we lost in the 7A state championship game and had a, a really, really good team. Uh, we were senior dominated. We had, uh, we had division one talent and, uh, and, and had a tough loss in the state championship game. In 2015, uh, we were 8-1 uh, in the regular season and uh, played the state champs in the semifinals. And uh, the, that year, it snowed uh, about 13 inches on a Friday night. And uh, played in the in the snow, yeah. and you know we uh, had had a, just a tough loss. And uh, again, we're really close. Um, in 2016, we were in the quarterfinals and and uh, really close in that game again. And then in 2017, uh, we lost to um, a team by us in a in a really really tough manner. And it was it was tough. Um, uh, you know, because it was one of those last second kind of losses. And so you go through those years where you're close, you're tasting it, but you're just not there. And so to get it this year um, was uh, was very gratifying for the team, uh, for our kids to rebound from the previous year. Um, and, uh, you know, as a, as a community, it was, it was outstanding. It's, it's everything you could, you could ask for. Um, we're in a, you know, our school's about 1700 kids, right? Um, but we're a single, uh, single community. So our, our school combines Cary and Fox River Grove and most schools our size are usually, you know, one of three schools in a city. Uh, but we have one community that really rallies behind our football team and our, our fans are outstanding and, and support us and, and, state championship game this year was down in Champaign and our, our, our fans just did a great job. Um, and every, every year you go in the playoffs, uh, there, there's different challenges, uh, you know, every, every time. And this year uh, we had uh, a really two really, really tough challenges in the playoffs. Uh, one challenge was against Chicago Phillips, uh, which is a, a very, very good Chicago public league school. Um, I think we tallied up. They had nine Division One players on defense, and uh, just just a physical team. And we beat them. And then in the uh, semifinals, um, we had a, a come from behind win where we actually scored uh, one of those last second touchdowns. So, um, which I knew was you know it's, it's tough for the other team, but it, it, we were right there last year. <laughs> oh, and that's that's just how the ball bounces. So to, to go through what we did the previous year and previous years and go 14 and 0 uh, was outstanding. So um, it's, as a coach, you know, it, 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 I'm not going to lie. It was, it was great. Um, but also um, it, as a program, you really look at the, you look at what the, the, the previous 
classes were able to do to get you to that point, even though they came up a little bit short. And it really makes you appreciate the kids you have in your program. It really makes you appreciate the ones that maybe didn't get it done. And, uh, and I know uh, I, I, they were all there right with us, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Coach, that's awesome, man. Hey, Coach, I have to tell a story real quick about <clears throat> you, you were in Dallas showing us a, a particular pass play. And what, what was really cool, um, you're one of the most aggressive uh, offensive play callers that, I've, that I know with the flex mode, man. Usually taking what the defense gives us, this guy's going after it. He's telling us with two minutes left, you know, they practice. Hey, we go get it. We get the ball back. We put two on them. I mean, I, I've never heard anybody talk like that. That's awesome. But – he tells this story about, um, uh, you know, the brotherhood of us coaches in the flex bone and stuff is, you know, he gives some film to a guy and the guy gives sends him some film and he sees a old Kelly Lee boot pass, you know what I mean, and puts it in and, bam, uh, what did it get you to the the state championship or one of the uh, one of the playoff games or something helped you win or something you were saying, coach? It helped us beat the team that beat us the previous year, and that's awesome. And then we also – we actually got two plays from them. And then the other one was in the state championship game. That's that, was, that, was really, that was really cool how that happened. And, and I was actually able to meet uh, Coach Starin, who was down there. And, uh, you know, he talked to guys on Twitter. We actually talked on the phone. But, you know, you, sometimes you talk through social media, you know, like uh, this is my first time seeing you, Coach McLeod, but I hear your voice. I feel like I know you. You know, and, uh, you know, and then, and then, uh, being down in Dallas and seeing him and, uh, you know, he had a great year tier too. Yeah. So, uh, that was, that was really cool. Yeah. Oh, Kelly Lee rolled in there late and I said, Hey man, uh, you helped win the state championship for, uh, (laughs) (laughs) before, you know, before that, I didn't even know there was such a thing as Eastern New Mexico university. Yeah, I tell you, so man, they do a great job over there. And um, I tell you, man, he's gonna probably shoot me for doing this, but I'm a, man. His post play or throwback he does off a of toss action. God, I love that play, man. Yeah. I mean, it is just phenomenal. And uh, I probably shouldn't have said it, but anyway, <laughs> uh, he'll he'll he knows what I mean. Um, coach, I have one more question. I I. I I can't lie, I've seen a little film, and um, I don't know if you did it this year, but but I know a couple years ago you had your slots, you know, deeper in the backfield, you know, like Citadel, um, and, and, and Luther College did that too. Uh, Peyton did that a little bit. But anyway, you know, what what were some benefits you thought, you know, to, to that? And then and maybe, I don't know, a few issues that might have popped up for you that you had to overcome. Um, I, the benefits for us were by putting them deep, um, we were able to really run our plays without really going to motion. Uh, we, we really spent a lot of time on our kids takeoffs and, um, really felt like we've been playing teams in our conference for so long and there's so much film now. Um, end zone, wide shot, and you play some some really good teams who are very well coached, and you obviously develop some tendencies over the years. And so we were really trying to uh, to, to to not have that tip, so to speak, 
Um, and, uh, and, and, and our counter game um, probably wasn't as good here. So uh, that may be another reason why we did it. But we were really doing that because we had some good speed, wanted to get the ball in the perimeter, and wanted to, um, to not tip our hand too much. Um, the difficulty with that is there's, there's certain plays where you'd rather your slots be a little tighter. Right. And varying where your slots alignment is, is um, that's tricky too. So your slots really have to be in tune and engaged and really know the whys of the, of the plays as opposed to the rote memorization of this is what I do on this play. Right. So really, you really got to have some pretty smart slots that go back there. And, um, and, and that's probably it. Uh, and I think probably the biggest thing is we had some good speed and we want to get those guys the ball. Right. And it, you know, it allows you to go late, go fast, but, but I'll be honest, I'll, I'm going to be, I was really impressed because the first thing that comes to mind is the limit to zone dive. I mean, that's just the first thing that pops in your head. But you guys were able to do it. And I was really impressed with the way your kids got downhill and dug that, you know, the defense number one out, you know, defensive end or, or whoever it is you decided. Um, because that that's always been my apprehension. Um, you know, being able to not, you know, go again, go late, go fast, take that motion key away per se. Well, I've always been concerned about, okay, we, we want to just have a predetermined handoff and take some pressure off. Can that slot get down in there and dig that end out, you know? And you guys did. I was extremely impressed. Um, and, again, I think it was two years ago I saw you guys. Um, so, you know, I, I, you kind of sort of alleviated that, that concept for me because, I mean, that's the first thing you kind of gravitate towards, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, another thing that we got from Citadel was, and, and I, I said this at the clinic in Dallas was we went out there and I saw that they had their hands down and I thought, Oh, that's interesting. And uh, they kind of talked to me about the why. And, and one of the big reasons was zone dive. Right. And, um, and it also, uh, it allowed their slots to be more violent on their takeoff when their hand was down. They just naturally are going to, rip that elbow some more. Right. So we brought that back to carry and initially our kids were uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I can't see the defense. Uh, you know, what hand do I put down? And, you know, so it, it, it had some, some growing pains with that, but I think the other part of our ability on zone dive is our kids in that three point stance when they're blocking, they're like linemen. You know, and they're and they're blocking with flat backs and getting low, and you know, coach, they got after it. So I, uh, you know, like I said, that's to me, that's the biggest compliment you can get. You know what I mean? And 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 to be able to take, you know, probably what's the what probably is the biggest, I don't know, what I feel is the biggest issue with that, and being able to basically eliminate it, I was very impressed. So kudos to you guys for being able to do that. Coach, I want to ask you a practice. Uh... Uh, question a lot of the guys that we talked to uh here recently are like harding guys kenny wheaton guys you know where they they use the pods and things like that and, and you talked about um uh, using a frame which i'm comfortable with we do that a lot and then uh but you talked about something called bama is that kind of like a pod or yeah okay is it like a half line type deal so we do we 
our ver- our verbiage is what our kids know. Uh, it may not be the uh, the verbiage the uh, the flexbone community uses, but Sorry. When, we do, when we do Bama, what that is is essentially midline zone dive, midline triple, and triple follow. So we'll run those plays on an A-frame with our quarterback, fullback, slots, and tight end, or our flex uh, split end uh, players there. Um, when we run midline triple and zone dive, we bring our tackles down as well. So our tackles will come um, where they're working. Uh, they'll come work with us. So it, it may look a little bit like half line, but you know, for us, it's just just kind of kind of how we do it. Um, and then uh, and, and then on defense, we have um, we're we're pretty fortunate where we have. Um, we have enough kids that we can put on defense who are not offensive players. So those offensive guys are only repping offense and, and that, you know, makes us so much more productive. And then, uh, and then all those guys over there are shields. And so, um, you know, I talked to coach Thexton uh, a little bit in Dallas and, you know, he, I was asking him about who his reads were um, and he had his coaches were his reads and, and, he doesn't have a lot of guys. So yeah. just have to be, you know, um, for, for us, we really prefer um, like our defensive linemen. We teach them how to be a read, you know, we'll teach them how to hang and then close. So the quarterbacks have to reach that ball back. Uh, we'll teach them how to, how to really close flat down the line of scrimmage. Um, we'll teach, you know, teach them how to go up the field, but, but our kids, even on defense, they know at least a little bit of the movements of what teams will do against us. So that's our Bama set, our Bama phase, which is, which is about 10 minutes a day on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then we go to a, uh, what we call perimeter. And what we do is we move that to, um, to a different part of the field uh, where we have a little bit more space. And um, that's where we run. First play we typically will run will be a triple to a split end. Then we'll, reach, we'll run triple to the tight end. And then we, we run uh, whatever plays we're going to run that particular day. Uh, may, maybe belly, maybe rocket, uh, might be zone option. Uh, and when we run those other plays, we bring our offensive line down. And when we bring the offensive line down, it is half line. Uh, we don't call it that, but we have a backside guard all the way to the edge. And uh, our essentially our entire varsity program's there, because our defensive guys are scout, our offensive guys are on offense, and we we get a lot of reps. Um, and we'll even sometimes run zone zone dive with half line, so uh, you get all the moving parts together. Um, we sometimes will vary who our tight end blocks on uh, on zone dive. And so, you know, if that if, if number two is loose, um, he may not go out to number two. He may go vertical into a safety, you know. So if we can get those moving parts, they can see everything go together, uh, that's very beneficial. I know our offensive line coach likes that because having linebackers run scout linebacker is way better than a JV guard running scout linebacker. So they like to see that speed. Um, and those are 
those are our bread and butter. Those are what we do on Tuesday and Wednesday for approximately 25 minutes we do that. Um, as as our, our states change some things um, and uh, they've, uh, they've, they've mandated that uh, 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 players are no longer allowed to play uh, in consecutive days in games. Hmm. And uh, what and what that means is uh, where it negatively impacts us is our, our JV is essentially guys who don't play on Friday night. And they have typically played on Saturday morning. So we will put some guys on, on kickoff team. Um, our kicker last year was a sophomore, but he was our starting JV corner. Um, so the state of Illinois has, has essentially said those kids – cannot play in back-to-back days. So what we've done in response to that is we've moved our JV games to Monday. And now what's happened is, is not only are they not allowed to play in consecutive days, they're not allowed to go anything above thud con- They cannot go to thud contact on Tuesday. So if I play on Monday, they can't go to thud contact on Tuesday. Well, who are all of your scout guys? Wow. Those guys are playing in the JV game on Monday. So we may need to rethink how we organize some things on Tuesdays that may be more in line with some of the pod rep and organization uh, that, I, that, that we saw down in Dallas. Um, we're really worried about that impact in the state of Illinois. Um, it's, um, it didn't, it wasn't very. Um, That's tough. It, it, it came from the top down and uh, it is not popular amongst coaches here. Yeah, no, it ain't popular with me. It's the first time I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, well. That's a tough, that's tough now. I mean, that, that's tough. I mean, you're talking about developing you know, young kids, man. That's tough. That's a tough one. And what we did, you know, what we did in our conference uh, two years ago was we changed our definition of our prelim game. So we changed it from sophomore to JV to allow more kids to be able to participate in that. And so uh, what we've done for the last two years, and it's really a good thing is we've had every single kid in our program dress on Friday night. So our first game is a, uh, is a fresh soft game, uh, which is your third best in the program. Um, the varsity game comes after that, which is your varsity and your JV team. So there you got all your kids dressed. And then on Saturday morning, we were playing our JV game. And then for a school our size, about 100 kids or so in the program, we're able to play four levels. So we were playing a frost soft B game. All the kids were playing. Um, all the really, literally, all the kids were playing on the weekend, um, and uh, and it was a really good thing. We're actually seeing in our program, we're seeing retention go up. Now there's a lot of factors that might be involved in that, you know. Um, sometimes things just happen, but um, I think a big part is that kids are, are excited because they're going to get a chance to play on the weekends. Yeah. And, um, and if, and with this change, we're worried that some schools are just not going to do JB on Monday and say, we'd rather have those guys practice. So I, I hope, I hope that's not the case. I hope those guys, because you know, that, as you know, that's a huge part of the development. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I, I, yeah. 
Well, yeah, you may have, you know, you may have to do some of that pod stuff and, and go a little slower and, you know, not, not bang as, as much as maybe you have, you know, in the past, uh, but so you can get those kids developed because that, that's, uh, that's tough. I mean, that's a, yeah. we'll have that here. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> hey coach, do you feel comfortable talking about, uh, something you taught in Dallas about, uh, you have your tackles play tackle and your tight ends play tight end. I try, we talked about that as coaches afterwards, and I was like, what did he mean by that? And um, I know mm. double, double tight end, double tight end or just a tight end just in general, it's, it's not the only thing that you do. You know what I mean? You broke down percentage-wise. We do, you know, two split ends this percentage of the time. Yeah. Um, and, and you kind of broke that down. I, I, I would say our base formation is, is double tight. Uh, we were, I think we were like 28%. And then we vary all of our other formations. Uh, we go with a tight end and a split end. We go with a tight end and a flex. Uh, we go with double flex. Uh, we, um, we go uh, our unbalanced where we will, we'll cover our tight end and, you know, we'll keep our tackle on the nub. Um, and then we will go unbalanced with the flex. Uh, trying to kind of create that four man surface over there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but we, we, we've gone trips in the past, but we really have not really dedicated toward to it. Um, you know, we just, we like that tight end attack. Honestly, we like, you know, it's like a safety net, you know, it's like a security blanket where you can, you know, you can yeah. run your stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so we, so that's what we'll do. And we don't, maybe, maybe I think coach what, what, uh, what I mean was, we will not um, we will not put our, our our nub tackle over on our on our heavy side um, and try to teach him the tight end position. We've we've tried it. I know some teams do it. Obviously, the academies do it and do a great job. And I've seen high schools that, that do it. Uh, but we are uh, we're we're pretty good at recognizing what we're not good at. And that's <laughs> how to be a tight end. You know, uh, so, yeah, so, but it's like anything you got in the coaching world, you do it because you failed at it at some point, right? you know, and yeah. so I, I took a kid one year who I thought, man, this kid's smart, he's a tackle, he's a, uh, you know, he's a great kid, we're trying to get him on the field somehow, and then we put him at tight end, well, guess what happened to his tackle play? <laughs> he started forgetting his rules at tackle, and I said, that's it, we're done. <laughs> We're going to keep them covered, and, you know, we're, we're not going to pass it back to the nub. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, you know, I, but what, then what happens is you watch Army or you watch Navy throw a pass to that nub tackle, and you start thinking to yourself, ah, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and then you – I tell yeah. you where I like it is it, it it assuming you've got your slot back there with that eligible tight end at the nub, it keeps the defenses balanced. I, I think sure. particularly if they're too high, right? So, you know, it keeps it, it keeps them from being able to overplay the unbalanced side. But if the kids don't get it, it doesn't matter. 
You know what I mean? Like, the scheme I, doesn't matter if the kids don't get it. So, so I got you, man. So I, I could tell you this: in my current situation, we have uh, the the coaches uh, saying um, to like defensive lineman type kids that could play o- o- offensive tackle for me. You know what I mean? Hey, you're gonna you could be uh, tied in. So this tied in uh, group. Uh, is looking really good. I, I wish they could play offensive line for me, but they're in their mind thinking they're a daggum tight end. You know what I mean? I'm like, I wish you wouldn't do that. Just, just tell them they're playing offensive line. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. be nuts. But yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I got another question here for you, Coach. Uh, man, talk about the drone. I, I've seen you use the drone quite a bit in your practices. Uh, man, that's a sweet view, isn't it? Well, yeah. I- I got a, a uh, an assistant coach, uh, Ryan Pasalia, who's who's a Cary Grove grad. He's been there. Uh, he's been there longer than me, um, and he's really a tech guy, right? And um, we went we we film our practices like like uh, like everybody does, and we um, we use the uh, the end zone camera forever, you know. And um, every day you're wheeling that thing out, or you're setting it up, and um, it's uh, it's a time-consuming thing, so you got to get out of school right away and get that set up. And when something goes wrong, I'm the one that's mad. Right. <laughs> so he comes up to me two years ago, and he's like, "Hey, I," because he had a, he had his drone of his own, and he's like, "Hey, I think this might be something we could use in practice." And uh, immediately, my first question was, "What's the battery life?" Because I don't want to be switching batteries. And having to sit there and wait three minutes while we're trying to swap out a battery. So he says, like, about 20 minutes. But I think we can swap it out in about a minute. Like, I think if I really go at it. So we did some trial and error over the summer. Um, and actually, our two sons are friends. And um, at the time, those guys were uh, about 11. And so they, um, uh, they were doing it in the summer. And, of course, the operators love the drone. It's fun. <laughs> You know, it's right. made film and practice fun now, but they were doing it. Uh, and, uh, and then we really fell in love with that view. So, so then of course your creative energy goes and you're starting to think, well, how can we best utilize this? So we were doing some, we were doing, and I don't, I don't really like it so much, but we tried it where we were doing, um, we were doing some kind of uh, pot ish. I don't know where we had a, an offensive huddle. And then about every 30 yards, there was a defense, okay? So we had, say, a 3-3 on the 20 and then a, and a 4-4 on the 50 yeah. and then another 20, another defense. Yeah. And so then, then the drone would follow that offense. We'd run play against each of those defenses there. And, um, and that, was, that was pretty cool where you, you didn't have to worry about where that, where that end zone camera was set up. The drone just followed and had a great shot. So then – um, through a lot of trial and error, we started filming our practice and, and it's been, there's, we would never go back to, to the end zone camera. The only time we do is if it's really bad weather, uh, because then, uh, then the drone, you don't want to get, uh, you know, in, in the, in the, you know, in the rain or in the snow or sometimes when it's windy, uh, you have to, the battery gets drained a lot cause it's always constantly rebalancing itself. Um, we've got two drones right now. And we have, uh, I think we have about six batteries. So you got to have, because we film with between our defense and our offense, we probably use 
three batteries of practice, I would say. Not that we filmed 60 minutes of practice, but uh, we used probably about three. You got to figure out, you got to get that filmer like a pit crew. Get that thing out, swap it, boom, boom, get it back in because the last thing you want are the guys standing around. Right. Uh, so there, there's some trial and error, but if you have the ability to do it, um, if you've got some guys that like the tech and, uh, and want to help out that way, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's had, uh, you know, when I'm doing some of our drills and I'll ask our, I'll ask our filmer to come film our drills, well, you know, we're working, we're working quarterbacks pitching uh, down the yard line, right? You know, they're just pitching, the partner pitching, and you want to film that, all the drone will just follow. And you don't have to worry about where your camera is. You don't have to worry about anything like that. Um, when we do some of our circuits and we want to share it with our uh, with other coaches, whether it's our, our maybe our freshman staff or or some of our youth coaches, um, it's really easy to film a lot of different moving parts at the same time. Um, we don't have turf up by us uh, at, at at our high school, and so uh, we're conscious about tearing up the grass. So uh, that that allows you in a moment's notice uh, to go wherever you need to. Um, and, and just another plug would be, you know, by us, uh, we go through, we go through summer and winter all in one season up here, you know, from August to November, we get all four. And uh, uh, some, some days you are really looking hard to find open grass where you're not going to get slip in and all that stuff. Well, now you don't care where that is. You just bring the drone with you. So you can't use it in the game. Um, Illinois yeah. has uh, pretty much said you can't use that in the game. Uh, but uh, but besides that, we, we use it a lot. Well, you're not kidding about that weather. You showed us a film. And you, guys are, <laughs> you guys are in all white uniforms and it's snowing. We're like, where's the players? You know what I mean? I can't believe that. Yeah. I'm from Florida, so i just seen snow for the first time just a couple years ago. You know what I mean? I just blew, here, really. it, blew, it blew my mind. You know what I mean? Blew my yeah. mind. That's an interesting concept with the drone. I and um, we're on a ladder with an iPad, so that uh, <laughs> that's interesting. So you you've got two drones and and you got two guys running like let's say one for O, one for D kind of concept. Is that is that our our offense and defense practice? Uh, we don't practice simultaneously. So uh, our defense will practice at the first half of practice, and because we have probably about eight guys to play both ways. Okay. Gotcha. So rather than have them miss out, we just and yeah. then we kind of we kind of throttle it back when it's on offense. So uh, we really have we really have one. It's really a one person job uh, to do that, and it's good to have two though because then uh, you know then they can help swap out the battery and right. uh, and you know you, if you're using an iPad, uh, we just put a little little mini iPad at the bait you know at the at the controller, and then that's what you look through is that mini iPad and, uh, you know, you got, you know, and it, you can put, I mean, you can put wherever you want to, uh, you know, like for our defense, they like the wide, they like the really high shot so they can kind of see everything, all the moving parts together. Whereas, you know, for us, we want that thing pretty tight. Right. To see, uh, to see our offensive line pretty much. Uh, so, and it, I think we paid 1200 bucks for it too. Uh, which which really is, is not bad. It's, it's a lot cheaper. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad at all. Huh. I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, I've seen them, but I hadn't 
thought about it for practice. That's a great idea. Huh. To look into that. Yeah, it's really well, good quality film too. So Yeah. Yeah. Well I can imagine. I mean you got a great shot. Um yeah. you know that that's hard to get. Um well to kind of finish it up, I guess, unless Tony you got something else. What coach, what do you what does your off season look like? You know, like do you do you do you meet with your staff regularly and once a month or more than that? Or, and then in the second part, like, what, what about your players? I mean, I think we're all hammering a weight room, but maybe what are some guys, what are some things you do with your guys besides the weights, you know? Um, so, so, um, there's really two, there's really two things in the off season. One that I look at is, is one is uh, developing our players. And, uh, and then the second thing is enhancing what we're doing on the field. Uh, and so um, the easier answer is probably in the enhancing what we're doing. So what, what we do as a staff is um, uh, um, we, if we, you know, we all teach up here. And so getting a common uh, period off is, is, is tough sometimes. Yeah. And uh, my, uh, uh, one my assistant is the head baseball coach, and during uh, during the spring, it's pretty tough for him to to chat. Um, and so we, you know, we're like two two ships all the time. We're always just passing each other in the spring, and just finding time is is tough. So we don't really do a lot of coach meetings uh, from January until May. Um, now, part of that is because we go in the summer, so. When, when we have our summer contact days, um, we will meet pretty, pretty regularly from early June until we start our football in uh, mid to late June. So whereas guys that, you know, like, like Coach, you have spring ball, I'm sure you guys have been meeting for a while, getting your stuff organized, getting practices organized, and figuring out what you want to do. By going in the summer, it kind of gives us a little bit more time to kind of organize ourselves and what our plan is. Um, but – the the in addition to to going to the clinics and and uh that that you know that everybody does is um we've been going to we've been going to colleges here lately and just going there and we have we have one thing that we're looking for and that college is doing it and we want to just see how they're doing it we want to pick their brain talk to them watch their practice watch their film and then hopefully leave that place and and try to try to implement whatever that is um so in the case of zone option which was a huge play for us this year we went to citadel last year and and talked with those coaches talked about what they were doing and and came away um with that a couple years ago uh we went down to citadel and uh uh they were running that um uh that handback play that they that army runs and that sniper and, and Sniper, exactly. Yep. And so we were running that, and uh, and that was a big play for us that, that year that we went there. So we've really felt like we're getting our money's worth if we kind of go and, and, and visit one of those schools, you know. Um, and so from a coach development standpoint, um, that's probably been the, the, the most that we've been doing. And I go down there with my offensive line coach. And so this year we went down to Kennesaw State. Um, and talked to them and, and, uh, and, and saw what they were doing. Um, some of those schools, uh, they have spring balls so early that it, 
tough for me to, to get away, you know, like in early March or in, even in February um, because of my own kids, things that are going on. Uh, Kennesaw was actually going a little bit later this year, so we went down there and uh, were able to get some things from them too. Um, so, so from a coaching standpoint, that's, that's really what we do. And then um, we'll talk via email a lot of times. Um, I'll text guys, but uh, not formal until probably May. Um, and on top of that, we work, we work, you know, it is, you work seven days a week from, in our case, June through November, we need a little time away, uh, from each other. So, um, uh, then as far as our kids go, um, I would, we do a lot with our kids. Everything that we do with our kids is, is in-house. Uh, we do, all of our weight training, all of our, our morning workouts that we do as far as throwing and offensive line fundamental work. Um, we do that all with our kids. Uh, leadership training, we do that with our kids. Um, I've been using uh, Jeff Jansen's book for a long time and, and phenomenal. Um, yeah, really good. The captains, team captains made. Yeah, the, the curriculum with that is, is great. I mean, it is. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. And, uh, we do that, uh, the, the leadership training. Um, we do, uh, um, we have other meetings. We have, uh, we call them care meetings uh, in the spring where uh, we'll meet one morning for four weeks, uh, usually like a, you know, four Fridays in a row or something like that, where our entire program comes together in the morning before school. And uh, CARE is an acronym for uh, consistency, attitude, and enthusiasm and then we we talk about those words and how they're important uh, not only in our in our craft of football uh, but also as men also as 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 young leaders as uh, as guys in the school you know and uh, and those are the kinds of things that when people attack the sport of football they do not realize those are the kinds of things that these guys are walking away with yeah all those other things that are, that are so powerful. So we do that four times uh, in the spring. Um, and uh, I do that in the spring because a lot of our kids are involved in two sports. Uh, and most of them are our spring sport, track, baseball, uh, lacrosse as well. And so um, it, it gives me some face time with those guys that I don't see a lot of in the spring. Uh, and so it, it just keeps football on their mind. You know, it may not be front and center all the time, but we we, we don't want them forgetting that. Um, right. So uh, so we do those, but uh, but we just you know the thing the thing I think for us is spending time together. I think that is the most important thing because they start to trust us and we trust them, and they see your face, they understand how you talk, they understand how you joke, they they see you in a non confrontational uh, situation most of the time in the off season, which is good. And, um, and that's how you develop those relationships. Um, if you're not around, if you don't see them all the time, uh, I, I just don't know how you really develop that, that relationship with the kids. So we spend, and, and, uh, my assistant coach has spent a ton of time with the kids as well. So, you know, they're, they're, they're almost brainwashed with how we talk and they're brainwashed for how we do things. And I think that's, that goes a long way for your program. Coach, I mean, we really, really, really appreciate you coming on. It's been great, man. It really has. 
Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've, you know, as we were talking beforehand, um, this is a, this is a great thing you guys are doing, and uh, you know, to be able to talk from Illinois to Virginia and to Florida, and and uh, and then put it out on Twitter, and you know, um, uh, Coach and I, we were talking to Lou. Uh, 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 I don't know if he told you about that. About when you were talking with, I don't know the name of the guy uh, uh, from Navy, uh, who's the Springfield grad as well. Is it a Ashley? Oh, Ashley. So, so that that's that's Jason McDonald. Oh, Jason. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And uh, and uh, Lou said, uh, "Well, I'm a cockroach too," <laughs> you know. And so I had no idea what that was. And then uh, you know, it's just it's pretty cool. So. Uh, keep up what you're doing, and because I know uh, coaches really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks again, Coach. Thanks for having me. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good, and maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple on Twitter. Our MeshPoint podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at TheMeshPoint. Again, on Twitter, at TheMeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled Podcast where you can download future episodes. All right, Tony, I want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to 3FaceFootball on Twitter, at 3FaceFootball, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday. And basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. It's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.